you're a sports fan, uh, Morning Brew is our page and we'd love to hear from you. Danny, good morning. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Not bad at all. What's happening? Say happy birthday to Richard Petrolhead. <laughs> Hello and happy birthday, Hello. Richard Petrolhead. There you go. <laughs> and uh, I understand it's a Valtteri Bottas today, so congratulations on that. See, sport I know you guys always have to do it, don't you? Private jokes. Yeah. No one knows yes, nobody likes anyone, anyone will know what that means if they know what number you, is on Valtteri know, Bottas. You know, yeah. Anyway, you know, you know. Where do you want to go? I would like to think I'm Lewis Hamilton, 44, but I'm not, <laughs> sadly. Uh, let's start off with football because, um, uh, you know, we've got a Premier League programme this weekend, but we've a League Cup final on, on Sunday. But unfortunately, the Ukraine crisis... Uh, as of yesterday, is, is overshadowing a lot Everything. of sport that we'll be talking about this morning. Yeah. Um, UEFA will meet later today to decide whether they will, well, they will take the Champions League final away from St. Petersburg in Russia, where it's due to take place in May. That will be moved somewhere else. Yeah. And, of course, there have been calls for the British government to sanction Roman Abramovich, who is the owner and financer, of course, uh, the Russian oligarch behind Chelsea and their success over the last 15 or so years. And um, they're in the League Cup final against Liverpool on Sunday. So uh, will Roman Abramovich turn up in the director's box? He would be there normally. Um, what do you think? You know, you know how these things so go. Sports and politics don't mix up. I think he'd be uh, quite wise to, be, to, yeah, to stay away. To be doing because, his hair that day. Well, yeah, well, he's probably not going to get a good reception from the Liverpool fans, put it that way. I mean, uh, you know, um, uh, as we know, Vladimir Putin's ordered an invasion, or call it what you want, of Ukraine. And last I saw on the TV a few months ago, something like 137 people are dead in Ukraine already and Russian troops are, are going in. So, it, you know, sport has to take a back seat in this situation. It's mm. one of the... Uh, I'm not going to get into, you know... No, we... we the ins and outs of war, it, but, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to cast a shadow. Russian money is in a lot of things, and it's in Chelsea Football Club, and... Um, what other clubs? What other things know? off the top of your head? Well, um, newspapers. I mean, the Leopard Devs in the Evening Standard. But football, um, Bournemouth were, were, were rescued and built a new stadium on the back of a, a Russian uh, investor. And, and there are other clubs in the same boat as well. But, I mean, you know, where do you draw the line? We've got Saudi investment in Newcastle. We've got, uh, you know, other other countries, let's say, with uh, not-so-great human rights records. You never get right, Swedish right, investment right, into these big teams, do you? Or, or, like, you know, Swiss investment well, into it's these it, teams. It, it tends to be oil money. Or yeah, indeed. It, it is oil money, isn't it? I mean, you've got the UAE in terms of... Emirates with 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 uh, Arsenal, the Emirates Stadium. You got the sure. Etihad, the Abu Dhabi airline bankrolling, and and the, the Abu Dhabi royal family, who themselves are, are no strangers to controversy when it comes to human rights. Let's not forget homosexuality is still illegal in that country, despite people a lot of people get, will know it and go there on holiday and enjoy themselves. But uh, you know there there are questions to be answered about where this, this money comes from and. Um, you know the the Russian money in, in in the game and in sport in general is is going to be looked at in the light of what's happened in the last few days. But anyway, let's get back on the pitch tonight. We've got some Premier League games: Southampton against Norwich, and we've got a uh, uh, you know quasi full program tomorrow. Leeds, who got stuffed six 0 by Liverpool in in the week, uh, now entertain Tottenham, who 
you know, a week ago we were sitting here saying, can Liverpool catch Manchester City? Jurgen Klopp saying it's not going to happen. And then Tottenham go to Manchester City and, and win, which no one saw coming, least of all me, even a Tottenham <laughs> fan. Um, unbelievable. And then go and lose midweek to Burnley. So, you know, stranger things happen, yeah. you know. I, I can't call that game tomorrow, but there he goes. Liverpool win both their games uh, in the meantime, like I say, with a, two thumping wins, Norwich and, and Leeds, and suddenly they're only three points behind Manchester City. Uh, they still have to play Manchester City. And Jurgen Klopp, their manager, has uh, changed his tune slightly from a week ago when he said he can't catch City to now, well, maybe we can, but we're going to have to win everything. If we win our games... We, all our games pretty much there's a chance for us if not then it will be really difficult but I think for the people outside it's better that uh, we have a 3 or 6 point gap than we have a 20, 20 or 30 point gap so it's much more exciting and um, we know uh, that we are able to win football games but we have to win a lot they have to win a lot and they have to win uh, starting with uh, the League Cup final I and mean, that would be a nice boost wouldn't it for Liverpool to get a trophy and yeah, you know, Chelsea as well. Uh, don't forget Champions League uh, winners and um, reigning FIFA World Club uh, Cup champions. So world champions, if you like, Chelsea against uh, Liverpool, who are trying to claw back Manchester City. Who Klopp says as well are the best team in the world. Um, you know, uh, but just show you might be the best team in the world. But any the Premier League is like that. Is it? Anyone can beat anyone. Manchester City hadn't lost since October. They'd hardly conceded a goal, and then they. They lose 3-2 at home to Spurs. Crazy. So that's on Sunday. West Ham v Wolves as well. Man City, in the meantime, will get a chance to extend that lead to six points, although Liverpool will have a game in hand yeah. when they go to Everton tomorrow night. Now, Everton under Frank Lampard, been still abysmal away from home, I'm afraid, but they've looked, they've got signs of things are happening there, especially at home. Their home form is not bad. So uh, Liverpool will be uh, hoping that their uh, close neighbours from across Stanley Park there in the city of Liverpool can... Uh, do, do them another favour by uh, taking a point or two off Man, uh, off Man City tomorrow night. So that's the that's the football this weekend. Um, but I really want to turn to Formula One. Um, and Ukraine is is casting a shadow over that as well. Pre-season testing has started in Barcelona this week. It's a shakedown. It's not live on TV. The next testing in Bahrain will be, if you want to watch it. We've seen glimpses and there is some footage kicking around on the internet of these new cars, but you mm. won't see anything uh, great. But it's been a first chance for all the drivers to talk to the media this week. And, um, you know, as they did yesterday and all the press conferences were happening, um, Sebastian Vettel, the four times world champion, uh, of course, uh, he's very vocal on a lot of things and is the, the sort of the, the leader of the Grand Prix Drivers Association. The Association of Drivers was asked in that capacity, what he thinks about the prospects of a of a Russian Grand Prix, which is due to take place in September, happening with what's happened in the Ukraine and possibly a war going on. And and it's in Sochi, which is uh, on the Black Sea coast, which is very close to Ukraine as well. And this is what Sebastian Vettel had to say. Obviously, if you look at the calendar, we have a race scheduled in Russia. For, for myself, my own opinion is I should not go, I will not go. I think it's wrong to race in the country. I'm sorry for the people, you know, innocent people that are losing their lives, that are getting killed for stupid reasons and uh, a very, very strange and mad leadership. 
say what he thinks. <laughs> very, very strange and mad leadership of Russia there. Um, yeah, and uh, some other drivers were asked as well. Max Verstappen said, you know, he would think twice about going and, and probably wouldn't go in the current circumstances and others as well. Um, but not only, the, you know, the Ukraine crisis, the, the, the new cars is the thing this week. that We've seen these new cars in testing for the first time or we've seen glimpses of them. And the verdict so far from the drivers um, seems to be quite favourable. Uh, people like Verstappen saying that it, it is easier to to follow cars in front, which is one of the, the aims of these new cars, which have got more ground effect for, for downforce rather than aerodynamic ground force from wings and that so should be less turbulent air behind yeah there's been one problem a lot of drivers are reporting with these new big tires at 18 inch wheels much bigger low profile tires and an altered suspension and the ground force as well which kind of sucks the, the car to the ground underneath they've reported this porpoising effect where the the car sort of goes up and down on the suspension and it's very it's almost like being seasick in a car you can imagine the speeds they're going if you're bouncing up and down and the car's sort of porpoising front to rear suspension it's a very uneasy feeling for the drivers mercedes don't seem to have had that problem but a lot sounds of massive that actually yeah. bearing, bearing in mind the surgical detail that goes into the underneath yeah um but you know, it's the first couple of days of testing, and that's what these shakedowns are for, is to iron out. These are brand-new cars, sure. don't forget. These yeah, are yeah. not these are not modifications to last year's cars. These are brand-new, so everyone's starting from scratch. And, uh, you know, these these problems are going to occur. But uh, interestingly enough, it's Ferrari who seem to be doing best out of the first two days of uh, testing. They got in 150 laps yesterday, 153 the day before, and set the fastest time. Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari was fastest. I mean, you can't really set out too much stall on the times at the moment because you don't know what fuel loads cars are running, what errors package, what, you know, there's all sorts of things they're testing. So it's not really uh, too indicative of where the cars are, the, the sort of relative lap times. But interesting, Carlos Sainz, the number two driver there at Ferrari, said, you know, we're nowhere near the limit on this car. There's much more we can give. So, you know, Ferrari looking quite good. They've got the most laps in, as I say. Mercedes looking okay. Red Bull, not not so great, but it's very early days. Yeah. Down at Alfa Romeo, uh, where Valtteri Bottas, mentioned earlier, is now residing, having been ousted by George Russell from the Mercedes seat. Not so good. Uh, Alfa Romeo, only 21 laps he managed to get in. But uh, the new Chinese, we have a Chinese driver in F1 for the first time this year, Zhou Guanyu, and he has got... He did a lot better. He basically got a race distance, 71 laps in yesterday and in his first ever drive in anger, really, in, a, in an F1 car. That's the F2 champion who's been promoted this season. Mm. But coming back to but one of the topics kicking around the paddock, as it would be, is the controversial end to last season still. Um, it's the first time we've heard from a lot of the drivers on it. Uh, Michael Massey, as we've said, the, the race director has been sacked, basically. He's been asked. He's been replaced by two people for next season. Uh and, of course, the main beneficiary of his uh, misreading of the rules, can I put it that way, was, of course, Max Verstappen, who became world champion off the back of it in that, that last lap drama in Abu Dhabi. And Max has been talking about it, and he thinks Michael Massey's been a bit hard done by. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I said it before, Michael, I think it's very hard, harsh for him because it feels like he's just being put into the ground, and um, I don't think it's fair. You know, I think everyone can use a bit more help um, to maybe make better decisions or... Um, you know, um, just have a bit more experience around. It's the same for me, you know. I have a whole team around me to always make me, try and make me a better driver and, and uh, maybe he needed a bit more help as well, which 
fair enough. I think everyone can can have. Um, but to to sack him for me, it's it's not the right uh, decision. But that's that's mine. You know, everyone has a different opinion. Yeah. So it, it seems to be saying, doesn't he, that um, you know it, you need a team of people to to shoot a race, which I think is what F1 are trying to do with having the two race directors and sort of a, a buffer between the teams and the and the stewards and a team of stewards and and if you like an, an, almost like a VAR steward race director who's going to watch it on TV from remote and advise the race directors of incidents and so on. Mm. So they're trying to put that team in place. So I mean, what Max is alluding to is it's a bit unfair on Michael Massey that he's take, been the fall guy for all this when he didn't have that support system in place, a very high-pressure job, uh, had to make decisions on the fly, and he thinks he's been you know thrown under the bus a bit. Um, meanwhile, you know, Lewis Hamilton has, has broadly come out in favour. I think that most of the drivers are in favour of, of what the developments and what's going on because no one wants to see a repeat of, you know, a, a world championship being decided on a basically a call from the stewards in on the, sure. on the final lap of the final race of the season, which is what happened. But Lewis has been talking about it as well. And he, he while, while he's sort of welcomed the, the changes, he thinks they should go a bit further. I want to see more women in the stewards' room. I think we don't have any. I think maybe last year was one or two. I think it would be awesome for them to have a male and a female as the uh, the two race directors. I think that's a great way of promoting diversity too. Make sure we get non-biased stewards too. Um, race drivers, some are very, very good friends with certain individuals. Some travel with certain individuals and tend to take a more keen liking to some of them. So I think just people who are not, that have just no biasness and super central uh, when it comes to making decisions. So interesting from Lewis, again, you know, is, you know, no matter what you think of him, he is very pro-diversity and all of it and saying, you know, let's have more women stewards. Let's have more women involved in the administration. Let's have more women involved in Formula One full stop. And, uh, you know, we have had some women drivers down the years. Davina Galicia, I remember in the past and, uh, and others. And, uh, there hasn't been one for a long time now, a, a female driver in, in Formula One. I think there should be, you know, because there's no, there's no reason we've, we've seen people like Danica Patrick being very successful in things like NASCAR and, and, and racing in the States. And there's no reason why we can't have. Where, where do you go with this, Danny? I must ask you. I mean, you know, what Lewis is saying, what you're saying, more, dri more female drivers in the sport. But what, what about when people say, well, look, just great drivers, whichever gender? Well, exactly. But I think what he's saying is if we get more uh, yeah. people involved in the sport, in the stewards room, officiating, it can attract more women to the sport. Okay, and therefore, yeah, yeah. you've got to have the, have the ground base of, you know, it's a pyramid, isn't it? Formula One's at the top of that period. If you haven't got a base of women drivers to select from and to Great. work their way up the pyramid, you're not going to get there. So let's encourage more women into the sport and... You know, by osmosis, that will happen, I'm yeah. sure. And to so, inspire the kids, I mean, etc. Yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, final day of testing today in Barcelona, and then we move on to Bahrain uh, in a couple of weeks' time, and then the first Grand Prix at Bahrain in, in three weeks' time. So um, we'll see a bit more in a couple of weeks' time. I'm sure we'll talk more about it then. But some really interesting views coming out of the paddock and some really interesting things about the cars. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this season. I think it's going to be a cracker because there's a lot of unknowns, and that always makes sport good. Thanks very much. Sports and all with Danny Hicks back again next week.